I'm excited because he might be back. He might be, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. we got to get right to it because on the line, always welterweight champion, uh, star of the Boneyard with George's St. Pierre. George's St. Pierre from Canada. How are you tonight? Uh, they're very good. Uh, thank you very much for uh, having me on. You're welcome and merci de vécu. And uh, yeah, so uh, wh- why you bring uh, GSP back on this? Why do I grace you with uh, my presence? Well, first, also got my friend Josh Palmer on. Didn't want to bring Raffle. Oh. Wanted to bring Josh on instead. Oh, oh that Josh makes, Palmer. makes perfect sense. Josh Palmer, I've, I've been told that you do uh, commentary. My assistant tell me, he, uh, he say, just uh, Josh Palmer, he does uh, the MMA. You and remember I him, GSP? I go, he wore the mm. shoes on the mat at the Polaris. You tweeted about it. Oh, now I know who he is. Yes, he was uh, that dumb guy who uh, did the dumb thing. Yes, very much so. But he's he's international, so I thought you guys would get along, obviously. You're both jovial fellas. But, GSP, you might fight Anderson Silva. How, how close to coming back? Are you over the Reebok thing? What's going on? Do not uh, ruin surprise. Okay. GSP... May fight Anderson Silva may not. It was it depends the news if today. Uh, like it was Google trending. Oh, I don't. Uh, I do not trust uh, the mainstream media. Okay. So do not believe everything you read, but I might. Okay, it's done, and we'd love to see you back. I think that goes without saying. You know, there are several things that GSP loves to do. Number one, Dinosaurs. play with dinosaur bones. Absolutely, we. But you don't get asked enough about it. No, we like not to enough. Very much so. GSP loves to play with dinosaur bone. He is like a small child that you leave with Play-Doh. Uh, number two, uh, I love the romance of a good woman. Sure. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Kevin Phillips? No, but I've heard rumors. It's great. Oh, very nice. Josh GSP is married, gets, you know. Oh, Josh, uh, you are married. GSP has never made that mistake, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh, uh, let me ask you a question because it is uh, customary for someone more important to ask uh, someone less important a question. But um, what is uh, the number one advice you give to people for being uh, married? Do everything your wife says. Oh, that sounds terrible. It sounds like uh, (laughs) almost like a cry from help. Yes, no, Kevin? Hey, (laughs) the GSP is always... um... That should be your next show. You should do marriage counseling with GSP. Oh, definitely. Awesome. It just will like be called... Uh, you uh, take couples on dates. Just kind of like uh, romance it up. I'm just throwing out ideas. Yes, think about all the free food. That would be number one. There Great. you go. Canada. It's easy to shoot. Well, GSP, thanks for stopping by. We'll bring you back whenever you want. Oh, obviously. okay. Well, like GSP, you know, I mean, GSP doesn't really have anything going on. So. Yeah, we'll see you at 206, right? No, I mean, like, you, you have any more questions for GSP? Or? I'm all set. I'm set. Is that, I'm is that it? You know, sign a contract. I'll have a lot more. <sighs> Listen, I am not breaking my back to almost come back and fight for your viewing pleasure. Maybe. I don't know because I am trying to figure it out. And maybe Dana gives me the money. Maybe he does not. But maybe I come back. Maybe I will not. We will find out. I guess we will see. Huh? Yes, no? Yes, no. I agree. All right. All right. Well, forever and ever. Former welterweight uh, Josh Palmer is very nice to speak with you. You uh, you sound like a, a buxom young lad. And uh, very, very nice to speak with you too. I'm glad to see the the aliens haven't got you yet. 
Oh, this one. He's very sharp. I, I see it. Uh, he uh, he must be watching American Debate, yes, no? Probably. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, fuck you. Uh, fuck you. You're cool. And uh, ole, 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 ole. GSP. Still going to maybe fight. We don't know. Former welterweight George St. Pierre. We're going to bring Raf onto the podcast. Raf, we're having a nonstop party already. <laughs> yeah, are we? There's a lot of drive time radio qualities about this show, including Josh Palmer back, I'm sure, to face the music. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Or as this one goes to judge's decision, I guess I can't help but feeling a little America. Just a little American chip that maybe I can't win. It's stacked against me. Raph, your thoughts. Okay. Well, uh, Kevin is very nicely trying to transition to the fight that everybody's talking about. That is Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson. And I have to say, neither of you had the foresight to figure this would be a battle. Is that a fair assessment of both of your analysis from last week? I, I, you know, I think we both said it was probably going to go to a decision, didn't we? And that Bisping would win. So, you know, I think we were right on that front. Um, probably just expected him to dance around and, and not get clipped as much as he did. Raf, I pretty clearly remember saying I thought Dan Henderson had a, a lot of youthful vigor in his last few mm. fights. It was, mm-hmm. looked like someone had oiled him up. They got all the joints. Maybe he went to Germany and did the Dirk surgery. I don't know. But... Was that not my position? Did no, I not no. Choose? Uh, no. You definitely have gone full politician. You can tell the election season is no, strong here on the show. simply not how I remember it, Raph. I never said that. You can't prove it. Listen to me now. Hear me later. All you're using is hearsay speculation, which is your favorite thing to do. Just spout it off. I swear to God. We you missed the I, numbers, I, you missed the point, and you missed the greatness. And the just greatness... Ig- ignore him, Kev. They're just words. Just words, yeah, folks. They're just words. Just words. These are <laughs> all locker room talk here, guys. That's what we're going to change our name to. For locker the room talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev, I mean, obviously, yes, you are, you are glossing over the fact uh, there. And uh, maybe we should have a fact-checking episode, but I digress. Gents, here's the thing. Neither of you saw this coming. No. And it was a great fight. Now... I have to ask the uh, resident Englishman on uh, the show, Josh, how scared were you during the first knockdown? That was pretty significant. Um, I think, you know, I think uh, Bisping did really well to get out of that because Henderson clipped him very nicely and uh, and was wailing on him very, you know, uh, very succinctly there. I think if he could have got a bit more of a dominant position, um, and pinned him a little bit first. Maybe that would have helped, but you know, um, it's always going to be hard to finish off someone you know as, as established as Bisping in in one flurry if you don't really put him out with that first shot. Um, granted, that overhand right was a was a, a beauty of a strike. Um, but you know, the most things that people seem to be talking about with that first round was so many people seem to call for it to be a ten eight, and I. I just think that's ridiculous. It was, you know, it was one flurry that lasted 10 to 15 seconds. Um, the rest of the round was, you know, uh, very even. And really, when I look at a 10-8, not only do you have to really put the guy under the cosh, they have to have zero offense coming back. And that really wasn't the case with, with this being in that first round. <laughs> what did you say under the way? about the cush? What was the... <laughs> what did you say? 
<laughs> what? You said you have to put someone under, and I heard Kush, and I'm thinking... The Kush. Someone... Under the Kush. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it means uh, it, it means to put somebody under uh, under pressure for usually for a deadline. Um, but have you not have you really not heard that before? <laughs> do the, they not say that here? The cosh yeah, is do a Do not one. go under the Oshkosh bagosh. I'm going to be is doing that, it more now, and I'm going to do it mm. pretentiously. I'm going to do it to just I, people I know won't know what it means. Mm. I'm going to say it, but when they don't know, I'm going to laugh. Deeply, okay, be like, like, you I, don't I, know under the cosh, you can I, can fucking I, can, pilgrim. You know what? You know what? In actual fact, I've just typed define cosh into Google for you, and it does come up as an informal British term. It's a thick, <laughs> <laughs> thick heavy stick or bar to be used as a weapon or a bludgeon. So, yeah, basically, I'm beating you down with it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I'm not 100% sure that works, but okay. I didn't come into this podcast thinking I was going to learn <laughs> yeah, an no. informal British slang term for pressure, but I'm glad I, I know it now. Yeah, don't you love the fact that, uh, as he was saying it, you know, he knew the word under pressure or under a deadline or that phrase, if you would, but still went full steam ahead with the English colloquialism. He's a big fan. I get it. Mm, okay. I get it. Okay, so Kev, if that was the case, and uh, do you see that as a 10-8 round? Because you are a huge proponent of 10-8 rounds. Yes, I do, and yes, I did. And here's why. When you almost kill someone in a round, mid-round, it doesn't matter when it happens, uh, you win that round, obviously. And I thought there was a compelling case that that fight, he might have woke him up. He might have. I haven't completely rolled that out. But either way, I, I don't see much offense out of Bisping in that round. He gets a few shots in, then gets whacked. And I can't unsee the damage is where I give the 10-8. I understand again. I'm just using my own rule set. Okay. Yep, throwing yep, it out. There's, you there's most nothing. certainly are. You could see through his face. <laughs> you could see through it. It was like, oh, there's the inside of Michael Bisping. 10-8. I think Michael Bisping had that look that uh, I guess you can only have when you've been knocked out by someone and you go, not again. No. How does this keep fucking happening? It was close. Am I the only one who thought that that Hendo really tried to land another flying powerbomb just for, for, you know. He definitely did. He definitely (laughs) did. He looked like that was exclusively the plan. It appeared early in the second round. You were like. Is his plan to just keep getting punched with little shots until he thinks he can drop the bow and then he did it again? I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Love it. I guess the difference was on this go-round, Hendo handled the trying to drop the H-bomb at the very end, uh, but just with a few more years on him, so his <laughs> equilibrium was a little off where he's just like, ah, shit, I don't know if where I'm landing f- where I think I'm landing. Where's his face? <laughs> Plus, everything's... So- Ahead in London. I don't know. It is true. And I do have to ask this because, Josh, you you know this better than anybody. Um, Those drunks that were in the audience, they were there from what time? Probably like two or three in the afternoon. Awesome. No, 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 no. 
like what time was the event happening in UK? Oh, so time? so this is the this is the ridiculous part about this whole fight card, right? To pander to all of us here in the US, they did it. Hard it was like doors open at 11 p.m. at night. I mean, how they even managed to use an arena in the center of a city like Manchester between 11 p.m. And, and like 5 a.m., I have absolutely no idea. I can't imagine anybody was particularly awake by the end of, uh, end of that fight card in that arena. You know, Kev, one of the best things about pandering to the United States audience is... Money. Money. But when you create an event, yeah, Kev, back me up with some like American music or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So when you create something like the UFC, like America did, I mean, technically there's some Brazilians, but they were in America, and that business was here. And I'll tell you one thing: the red, white, and blue; these colors don't run because here in America, when you feel like you want to watch something, you make other countries fall in fucking line. That is why we are here. We are. Guns, eagles, uh, fireworks, hot dogs, and all of that other shit. And that's why you guys need to go there. And your main card doesn't start till like 2 or 3 a.m. America. America. Plus, uh, it's our company. So suck it. <laughs> well, it's a little bit China's now. <laughs> It's always hard little... to tell who owns yeah, it. Are this you, exact sure? you keep moment. saying it's China's, and I don't think you read the actual WME merger. Well, I understand that Tom Brady's involved. And that's Okay, that's all you need to know. All I need to know. All right, so uh, obviously this was a weird one. All right, so we go to the second round. The second round's a little bit more of the same. There's a giant knockdown, uh, and I, I, Bisping handles this one a little bit better, I will say. Uh, again, though, Josh, are you getting worried by the second round? Do you do you fear for Michael Bisping being able to put it away? Not not particularly because his work rate seemed to go up substantially through into the second and third round, um, which I thought was really positive from him. You know, to come back from that knockdown. The, the most concerning thing, I'm sure, for him and for any English fans watching who were rooting for him was easily his eye. Because, as Kev said, you could see the inside of Michael Bisping. <laughs> it was, you know, that was a that was a ridiculous eye injury, and to fight, you know, four rounds with that was um, was pretty impressive. I mean, uh, yes, and it was impressive. I, I, I kept thinking though he was outworking Hendo, but I mean, I think a snail outworks Hendo. The important thing to note is that Henderson was consistent, he was steady, and he was calm, and he, he could rely on that overhand right. And Kev, was there any variance from what we thought we were going to see from Hendo? No. That's, I think. Well, yeah, I guess variance in, did you think we'd see 25 minutes of him? Well, he that definitely did surprise. not like it. Because <laughs> uh, we, we put up a meme, and I think this is a good point to bring this up, but we put up a meme that it had a very shocked face from Dan Henderson, from one of the corner cams. And the meme said the exact moment Henderson was told this was a five-round fight. <laughs> now, we got some interesting uh, responses on here. Uh, one of the most recent ones, this one's from uh, Jungle Mafaka, and it says, show some respect, faggot. Now, the interesting thing about this phrasing, or at least the way that they wrote it, is there's no comma before faggot. So, uh, is there a respect faggot? Um... I'm not really sure, but I find that uh, the easiest way to get people to uh, show respect is to usually put something like that on the internet. So congratulations to that gentleman. 
or person. I don't know their situation. But it does bring up a good point, which is this. People felt very passionately about this fight. And as we start to get into the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, there is some debate as to what happened. However, the one thing that we will say before we go into analyzing those later rounds, the championship rounds, is it is quite amazing that Dan Henderson went there. We are huge fans of Dan Henderson. And we have put up a different meme that said every single person was pulling their collective karma to try and make Michael Bisping lose. Like, I don't know that a ton of people were actually thinking like, oh, shit, uh, Henderson's going to win this shit. We were just hoping that Henderson would, by luck, magic, Jesus, Oprah, Tom Cruise, some form of magic wizardry would win. And he almost did. You can't feel great about the way Bisping fights in terms of like uh, it did. Blood loss has to be a factor by the third round, but it seems like Dan Henderson throws one very big punch and Michael Bisping was unable to avoid it in consecutive rounds and that the third and fourth round seemed pretty clear in terms of like what Hendo's strategy was which is just keep backing up it was like alright I'll just wait I'll wait I'll wait <laughs> uh, I think by blood loss 30 I was still impressed that Michael Bisping was able to carry on to the fifth round still don't feel great about that win at all you can't and and Josh, did you notice that like this was completely the opposite eye that Anderson Silva fucked up? I didn't actually. <laughs> oh yeah, because I was looking at it and I go, oh, oh god, he's like, or not even Anderson Silva. Was it that fight? I thought it was somebody else. Uh, but when he became cyborg, essentially, where he has an eye that's faced. So it made me start to wonder. Yeah, Anderson Silva fucked up his face, but somebody fucked up his eye, and I'm forgetting who it is at the moment. But if you guys remember, then congratulations. Award yourself a point at home. The important thing, though, is that Michael Bisping looked a little disoriented, started to come back, and started to pull it back together again. Uh, There was one individual or a few individuals who were talking about 10-8 rounds, and if that was the case, it would have been a draw. Are we okay with... Michael Bisping winning this fight. Kevin, I'll ask you first, because, Josh, your opinion doesn't matter on this one. You kind of get used to this. I, I do feel <laughs> like overall uh, 48-47 feels about right, so I'm okay with the 48-47. I can see it that way. I thought Hendo did more in those first two rounds to maybe earn an extra point because of the very near finish in that first round of some flurries, but the 49-46 is bullshit whoever did that andy roberts struggling <laughs> struggling to uh see the logic on that one josh oh yeah and i didn't know it was andy that did that um yeah i yeah for you know this person yeah he's a black belt under Hodger gracie in the uk he uh, is an academy in reading um yeah 48 47 is a is uh, the the exact right score. That's what I would have scored it had I been sitting cage side doing that. Um, you know, you guys want to talk about are we happy that Bisping won the way he did? I mean, look, it's not a impressive, decisive win, which seems to be what people want nowadays. And I do think it's getting slightly skewed by having, you know, the the outliers like John Jones in the mix who can just put everybody away in in huge fashion. But you know. Um, most fights don't really end like that, and when you're you're putting top guys together, you you're gonna get stuff that gets eked out. Um, you know, this was the way we all thought Bisping was gonna win. We never thought he was gonna stop him, 
Um, and, and that's what happened. And I, I, I think the score is very fair. Bisping outstruck him, you know, in four of the five rounds. Uh, and rounds two and three, you know, he, he more than tripled the the, the strikes landed of, of Henderson. So I think it's a, a very fair score, really. I mean, but in round two, though, all of Michael Bisping's punches comparatively to that one second, even of it, because people were trying to make this equation that Dan Anderson only fought for like 30 seconds of the fight, essentially. <laughs> and uh, if you look at the statistics, they're a little close. But I mean, yeah, if you want to make some arguments, you can do that. That second round, I'm sure people can make the argument uh, for. And I'm pretty sure that's where your friend, uh, his name's Andy, correct? That's what we're, we're going with here. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, <laughs> I know him as an acquaintance. He's, not He's your friend and it's Hodger Gracie's fault is what you're saying. I understand. That's not a huge problem. Uh, we'll pass it along to Hodger and uh, we'll make sure that he mounts you and destroys you from there. So as this happens, you get a lot of people on the Internet who feel a certain way. But I'm going to ask you this, Josh, because I think it's important to ask this question. I think it is maybe one of the more interesting facts or uh, patterns that have emerged but have you figured out this you were impressed by michael bisping yes i uh, you know yeah for for uh, his his overall story arc of his career absolutely absolutely can i ask you this question do you also feel that uh, as it happens for michael bisping that for his own legacy, he's becoming the dude who can barely eke out wins against legends on the downslope of their fight careers. Question mark to you. Yeah, I mean, that, that is also a fair comment. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, you're still, you know, you're fighting the best in the world. They may be legends on the downslope of their careers, but, you know, uh, Great they're still, name, by the way. yeah, <laughs> you know, still very dangerous opponents. And, uh, you know, the next one, I think the, the next fight is really going to be where we say, okay, you know, what's going on here? This first title defense, you know, he should beat Hendo. Um, and, he, and he did. Uh, so it's, the, it's, it's yeah, it's whoever he faces next is really going to say, okay, are you, you know, are you the champion, 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 or are you a placeholding champion? No, I hate to use that term because, I mean, you know, the dude won the belt fair and square and he's defended it once, which is an amazing achievement. But, you know, I'm sure that lots of fans will look at it and say, right, you need to win one more big substantial match and then we'll give you a bit more credit. Kev, let's make fun of the, the English crowd real quick. Cool. Okay. So they started booing Dan Henderson when he got kicked in the nets. Now, mind you, the first time he yeah. got kicked, nobody seemed to have an issue with it. But the second time when he's like, yo, I was getting punched and I survived that shit. And now he kicked me again. To Early the point where booze. even the referee said, "Hey, um, yeah, Abisbang, you did that again. Let's let's try and cool it on the kicking of the nads." So they start to boo him, and he takes that five minutes, and then all of a sudden, you see Michael Bisping over on the side, playing up to the audience, maybe the rep as well, and saying like, "Oh, look at him, he's doing that." Oh no, blah, blah, blah. you know, and doing his like, you know, Michael Bisping sort of thing. But Kev, he was putting the referee this... under the cosh. But he definitely put him under the Oshkosh bagosh. But Kev, let me ask you: Is this not the same Michael Bisping who milked recovery time against Anderson Silva? We never forget Michael Bisping. <laughs> uh, this is the same one. But I enjoyed the quick booze on that until the replay came in. <laughs> it was a real quick. It was like. Oh, well, no, that was pretty fucking brutal. Everybody, just chill. 
Rachel, <laughs> which is nice about British um, enthusiasm. I enjoyed the energy levels, though. You could tell yes. there was some some English buzz in the air, and that well, annoyed me. That's a that's a, a nice compliment. way of saying it, though, Kev. Because, and I have to ask this to Josh. Josh, do the people know how to cheer on beat? Because when they started trying to sing along to song two, they were a full measure early. Now it's one thing for a couple people to be off, but for the entire audience and stadium to start off with the woo woohoo, are we not woohooing? <laughs> they were probably trying to work out how to turn it into a football chant. <laughs> I just can't even. When they started cheering, and I go, "They're so drunk or so tired." No, they're so drunk, they don't know where to start. Uh, Kev, maybe you'll enjoy this because if we're going to make fun of the Brits, let's make fun of ourselves as well. Did you, at certain points, like me, wonder <clears throat> why they weren't giving Dan Henderson beer in between rounds? I'm positive they were. I can't, I assume they've got like a Pepsi Zero situation. The clear version, they just throw some Bud Light in there. I seriously, I thought that he needed a Pacifico stat. Can you imagine the type of ruckus that crowd would have like immediately turned 180 on Dan? They would have booed Bisping out of the building if they had thrown a pint down next to him and he just crushed it after the second round. They would have started a Hendo chant. He would have stayed. All right, uh, Josh, you mentioned this because it was an important note that the next title defense is very important for Michael Bisping. At the very end, Michael Bisping called out everybody. And uh, I, I don't even know if he basically s- accused Jacare of being on steroids. There wasn't really a clear linear thought there. But he basically talked shit about everybody. So, one, what do you think of that? And two, who does he fight next? Um, I didn't see the post-fight interview. So um, no no particular comment on that. Um, I'd love to see him fight Jacare, but I'm fairly certain he loses that one. <laughs> um, he is too. You can tell. You know. Yeah, I, I, to be it, it's tough. You look at the, uh, you know, I mean, any of the guys in the top five, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't really pick Bisping to beat. Um, I just don't. That sounds awful to say about the champion and about a British champion, but, um, you know... You got to figure Weidman maybe beats him. Jacare probably beats him. Luke Rockhold's an interesting rematch. Uh, Romero, I think, smokes him. I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't envy his uh, his next title defense because he, you know, he's not going to get a not that Hendo's a gimme, but he's he's not going to get an easy one, is he? If you look at most of the people he's going to fight, he's probably going to be a transitional champion. <laughs> I thought he did it. Very politically. I do enjoy the British crusade you're on. You do seem particularly revved up about the the Bisping era. And (laughs) I also am ready for the Jacare title shot. It's time, isn't it? It's time. Yeah, I mean, look, as as the as the jujitsu fan that I am, uh, I kind of want Jacare to hold the belt and just just uh, beat everybody down from there on out. Just for fun, mostly. Got it. Jiu-Jitsu over country. Jiu-Jitsu. Noted. <laughs> Good job uh, there. So obviously that was the the big talk of the town. Everybody seemed to have some uh, big thoughts about it. One of my favorite notes that we got on our Instagram was the fact that they referred to uh, – well, I guess I'll just read this. This was from Thurzao, and it says, 
the real champion, fuck UFC at Dana White, which I thought was interesting to tag Dana on this one uh, when they posted uh, or responded to the photo of Dan Henderson. So great job, Internet. You guys rocked it. I As also per usual. I liked the uh, meme that you put out that the <laughs> glad the Revolutionary War wasn't decided by the judges. It was also very good uh, just to encapsulate the experience. Well, let's 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 shoot this one down because I do appreciate that. Yes, that that joke played well for us, but there is a real sentiment that we had here as uh, denounced by one of our our audience members who said there was no way Dan was leaving UFC 204 with a decision win in Manchester. One judge even gave it 49, 46. If that fight happened in the U.S., he might have retired the champ. Kev, would he have? Uh, Anything's possible in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Vegas also... Win. Vegas not. Well, let's also just say, well, Hendo was realistically active for about seven minutes out of 25. You tell me how that wins a fight. Well, when he knocks the fuck out of people, uh, I think that's it. But thank you for your contribution. Pride rules, G-stall stuff. Bitches. Pride rules. Just what yell would, out pride rules. What would Nate Diaz say? You would say pride rules. Ask Nick Diaz, same thing. So I guess that brings us to our next fight, which is Gegard versus Vitor Belfort. I'm sorry, the deceased Vitor Belfort. <laughs> Definitely now. That was uh, that was decisive. Gregard, Gegard looked like... I've done that six times this weekend. I keep calling him Gregard. Not his name. <laughs> Gegard Musasi. Uh, was he just letting him go around what did you guys think about that first round i watched it and it was like he looks like that person in uh practice that knows they're better and it's like i don't want to finish him even though the coach is yelling like finish that finish that it's like no, come on let's just can we switch positions and he just then he did it that was brutal josh yeah i think just um a lot of confidence from Musasi, and I thought uh, I thought the aggression and the striking looked good. Vitor was in it more than I thought he'd be, to be quite honest. At certain points, he was still throwing back, you know, right right till the end. But uh, that that big flurry that really, you know, caused the takedown, and then the the very quick stoppage straight afterwards. Um, wow, Musasi just looked like a killer. I mean, it got a little bit wild, but he still kept it technically composed enough that you know the, the hooks were just coming in like crazy and uh, you know Peter was just going to wilt under that he seemed to get backed up against the cage a lot throughout that fight well Vitor has this uh this one major weakness uh well I mean if you count no TRT I guess it's like five but a big major weakness on really? Vitor's fault is uh you know when you get mount and you maybe try and learn a mount escape, but you're not quite great at it, and you do your best, but then you're also getting punched as you're getting, you know, yeah, your way out like of the he, mount. He scored that that first mount escape he, he got, but, you know, it's just at that point he was taking so many shots that, you know, it was never going to be that hard for a grappler of Masasi's caliber to maintain that top position. And, you know, the second time he tried to, to turn all the way over and, and shrimp his hip out, it just wasn't going anywhere. And, you know, um, it's just one of those things. You're taking shots from an elite elite grappler and an elite striker who's got top position on you you know there's only so much you can do at that stage and especially when you're that wounded on the way down you know i mean i i hear you i hear you 
but it looked exactly the same as the Chris Weidman fight. Sure. So and when that happens, it develops a pattern. And I'm not saying it's necessarily like he's the worst person to ever be in Mount. I think most people in you know Chris Weidman's Mount or uh, Gegard's Mount uh, not going to do the best. But it does identify a strategy to take him out fairly easily. And I don't think Gegard was really struggling with any moment of that fight. No, so. do you know what? Do you know what this fight? There were I, there were several fights on the card where it just seemed like big rear leg or, or actually front leg kicks in this one. I think it was um, up the open side of the body to, to the body and the head seemed to be really prevalent throughout this fight card for some reason. It really stuck out in my mind in this match and one of the other ones that that was a that was a big weapon for um, a lot of guys. It's apt analysis. I want to put Musasi. To, I'm going to ping-ponging the analysis over to me. I'm ready to take it the other direction. I'm ready to put Musasi on a most neutral face while killing list. Okay. He's up there. Um, Mighty Mouse. Like that type of like really just n- no smile. It's like they could be reading. They could be bored. They could be hungry. They could be nothing. But still raining down punches. Top five. That's a, that's a tough list. I can tell you, though, he wasn't bored backstage, Kev, because a star was born Oh, in the post-presser. Did he flourish? Oh. Well, first of all, the post-presser was a shit show because, as we mentioned, it's like 5 a.m. in the morning. Most of these people want to go home. Apparently, there was not even supposed to be a press conference, but then they were like, ah, fuck it, go out there. And so they had Dan Hendo go out there. And I think maybe they just realized, they're like, you know, guys, he's retiring. So let's let him go out there. Bisping went to the hospital. But Gegard was, I think, second person out there. And he made the most of his time. And Gegard's a pretty reserved, nice, gentlemanly kind of a guy. But when he's spouting off one-liners about Conor McGregor and he's like, yeah, you know, he's kind of a fool, man. I mean, I get what he's doing and that's fine. But, like, you know... He's just trying to sell the fights, and he's trying to run his mouth. But the difference is, somebody like Muhammad Ali, he actually did stuff for the people. Connor's just out there throwing water bottles like an idiot. He goes, maybe, I don't know, maybe I got to throw water bottles myself. And I looked at him, and I said, oh, my God, is that hot fire you're spitting there, Gegard? Listen to Mr. Pensive Analysis. I like that. I also, as we were speaking, I think I realized if we ever wanted to create a segment uh, for uh, Mr. Masousi, I think uh, there should be a segment on the show called Get in the Guard with Gay Guard Musousi. <laughs> and uh, that one's uh, for you guys who he love just puns. slowly pontificates about the way people talk trash. He's like, thank you, Raph. Uh, I'd like to jump into some things. <laughs> he Here are my that. thoughts about climate control. <laughs> Today, a lesson we can all learn from the riots of 1912. Uh, so get the guard. <laughs> get the guard. <laughs> so if we're we're talking about uh, unexpected finishes, though, so again, credit to Gregard. I'm really glad that he had a great press conference. He made it the most interesting and entertaining. But if we're talking about surprises, Jimmy Manuel performance of the night. Mm. Damn it! Why? Why was this the one English person who I decided? You know what? I won't stick with the plan and vote for all English people. I'll change my mind on this one. Why? I don't know, but you, I don't. You tell me. You asking yourself that question. Go on. That's great, I am. That no, I leg bad. Honestly, I didn't. I just didn't think the dude would win. 
I really didn't. I know I know he can knock anyone out he punches, but I honestly thought Sempru was going to be a bit more dynamic and uh, and kind of less one-dimensional, and, you know, it didn't really turn out that way. I think I want to up that. He can knock out anyone and anything. I think if Jimmy Manuel hit a Volkswagen really hard, it would die. That was brutal. The leg bend was every time they showed it. Always makes it look worse, doesn't it? Oh, my God. In HD slow-mo, you're like, oh. <laughs> Ooh. In some circles, they refer to that as the stanky leg knockout. <laughs> uh, I prefer to call it, you know, in, uh, on The Fresh Prince, when Will Smith and uh, Carlton or Jazzy Jeff would do their handshake and they'd, like, oh, low-five yeah. one another and then snap back. It was kind of like that. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it looked like, just more <laughs> deadly. You always so, wonder, did he wake up and be like, why does my knee hurt? Did, did someone hit me in the knee while I was... It's like, <laughs> oh, man, we got to show you what happened. You went completely down <laughs> on it. I was disappointed. I thought following the John Jones fight, he might have a little bit of confidence. So I'm impressed by the Jimmy Manuel, like able to overcome that John Jones confidence OSP. It almost seemed like OSP got a, a bit tired a bit quickly. It did, because um, I thought he looked uh, I, good in that first run. I don't know if it was even tired as much as it might have been complacent. Uh, I mean, it could be a little bit of uh, a mixture of both, but I felt like in there he had this uh, this kind of feeling where he was like, you know, I'm winning this fight, and I think I'm doing pretty good. If I just pace myself, and I'm out. <laughs> so I thought that, but uh, l- let's go further down the line here. Stefan Struve. Uh, versus Daniel Amazak, which can we uh, can we call a spade a spade here, Kev? What is that? The about Polish fighters? <laughs> uh, well, we're not there right now, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll get back to that. But can we can we call a spade a spade in that? Why are these two people fighting each other? Um, how ridiculous did the size difference look? I have some serious questions about that. It was pretty serious. I don't want to fight people that large. But more than that, Raph, too, it ended up getting some real grappling in. There was grappling, yes. There was definitely an element of if it. you were going to pick a fight that you're like 100% there will be no grappling, that would have been the one you circled. And let me go to – I'm going to defer to our, our brown belt on here. What was the finish to that one, Josh? It was a dance. Now, some people were saying it was a barbell choke. Okay, so look, this is this is oh. a real bugbear of mine. Okay, wait, the, wait, oh. I'm sorry, oh. Kev. Point of order. What? Oh, what is it? I oh, I hate you two so much. Sometimes <laughs> it's a what? It's a bug barrel. <laughs> oh my god. Uh I think what he means to say is what we in the States call a bugaboo. No, I, oh, I don't actually know the origin of the term. It's okay? an informal it's, British slang term. It is. It is sure. What is it? What, what did you say? Bug. Oh, it's a one word. Bug bear. As in B-U-G-B-E-A-R. Okay. Uh, it's a. It, it, it's like a. Uh, it's having a fear or an anxiety of something, or not. Uh, so that's kind of wrong. An irritation. Let's say it's an. It's an irritation. Uh, bugbear. B e r. A cause of obsessive fear, irritation, or loathing. Oh, there you go. Hold on. 
uh, in the archaic definition, an imaginary being invoked to frighten children, <laughs> typically a sort of hobgoblin supposed to devour them. <laughs> well, I, I'd rather have the irritation than a, a what was it, hobgoblin? Oh, oh no, 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 no! I, I'm still on this one for a while. Well, so... synonyms: bet noir <laughs> and anatherm. You know the the normal ones. Wait. I'm sorry. A, a, a quick Google search here also has a parenthetical Dungeons and Dragons. Busted. Mr. Never, Palmer. Never, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, so don't look at me. I am looking at you because you said it. <laughs> well, and it says bugbear here. But... <laughs> oh, I've got to Google this now. All right. Bugbear. So, I'm sorry. What, what, what's your, your bugaboo? I'm what the sorry. hell? What, oh. Wait, wait, what, what, was, what was I saying? The Darce joke versus the... Yes. Oh, okay, so I always, anytime I would commentate a fight, I would call this a Bravo choke. And I learned it as a Bravo choke. I remember spending a you know a bunch of hours training. There was a, an a old DVD by Bjorn Friedrich, somebody like that, Position Bravo. Um, and that was how I learned this choke. And then when I started interacting with a lot more people from America... They would all say, no, 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 it's a dash choke. It's a dash choke. I'm pretty certain it's called a Bravo. And I would, anytime I would say Bravo on a broadcast, some wise ass would go, commentator doesn't know what it is, it's a dash choke. And, and over, over the years, I've literally just, I've now basically just given up calling it a Bravo and I call it a dash. But it's one, it's, it's exactly the same thing. And he hit it, he hit it nicely. I mean, <laughs> the, the dude has super long arms and, he, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have expected him to have to dip his shoulder that much to to really get the arm through to lock the grip. But you know, he dipped it so much he rolled all the way over. But it's such a strong grip, isn't it? Once you get it, it's you know, especially someone his size, there was no way that uh, you know his opponent was going to get out of that one. So there was some uh, debate online, and uh, one of my friends, our good friend uh, Terry and Flashware, a fighter out here, uh, goes, "Ah, that was a barbell choke," and I was like, "Listen," and people were starting to debate it. Uh, on his thread and i just go guys guys listen i really don't care what you call it but i think we should all band together so that we can call it by what it rightfully is person with long arm choke (laughs) it's really all we need to agree to because he does and everybody the equipment for that choke for sure every single person on that thread was like yeah i i can go with that so i feel good about that and uh, I will tell you guys this. I don't really care what it was. I thought it was impressive. I thought it was interesting that, yes, we did get to see, and as Kevin brought up a little bit earlier, the Polish Josh Palmer. Not as advertised. What happened there? Dude just, the dude just got beaten. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely had not appreciated the size difference in this fight. I mean, it was one of those... Stefan Struve might as well have been Hongman Choi in that in that matchup for, for all it looked like to me on camera. Um, you know, and I think that was just way too much for... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to call him the Polish guy because I honestly can't remember what his, <laughs> what his real name is. <laughs> um, Daniel oh, was it? Zuk. Yeah, Om, Omilanchek. There it is. Omilanchek? That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> sounds it sounds more accurate, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just you know uh, size difference was was clearly just too much for him. That's true. Well, okay. So then there's that. We also had uh, elsewhere in the podcast we had uh, Mirsard Bektik 
with a very solid rear naked choke submission. But before we press on to the results of over under Kevin, let's talk about two submissions that were near and dear to my heart. And the first one I'm going to bring up because it's a little sadder, but Damien Stasiak versus Davy Grant hurt to watch. That was pretty. It yeah, was very was pretty. Really, it, really nice. It hurt to watch because, listen. It's why grappling's dangerous. You can be getting well, punched the shit out of. No Davey problem. Grant is a friend of the podcast. Kevin apparently is not friends with him and decided to do the safer bet to go with Stasiak here. But Davey is a nice guy, super tough, and he was Winning fighting that, fight. that as much as he could. I mean – the the sad reality, those of us who, who do jujitsu know, that feeling of when you're caught, you're just kind of caught. And there's no amount of heart that really will pull you through for a majority of the times when you're that deep in. But that armbar, I think, as uh, several of our, our viewers were saying on Twitter, is going to have lasting damage. Heart, However, heart works great um, when the person's also not great at fighting. Works much better. <laughs> but in this case both i'll fight. just say this how dare you yeah uh i'll say this though with davy grant i mean he was definitely doing his best to get out of there uh josh walk me through how you saw that finish going and uh did you have the same love for it that we did because i will before i let you answer i will give ourselves credit here on the podcast kevin because they were not putting that clip up fast enough on the ufc on fox page and I yelled at them and said, yo, are you guys, what, asleep on this night? Because we need to be able to share this legally. Thank you. <laughs> and then Karen Bright tagged me. And a moment later, they had that footage up. So uh, you're welcome, world. <laughs> but I was very impressed by that. Anyway, go on, Josh. Uh, no, I mean, look, the, the, the setup was really nice. I mean, he snatched, snatched his legs up really fast. And it honestly looked like... He was going for a triangle. Davy Grant saw the triangle as it was happening and tried to tried to stack pass out of it. And the armbar was was there. I mean, Stasiak had such a tight grip of his arm, and um, you know the the maintenance of the position when Davy Grant almost got out was was great. But um, you know, just it was so deep from the beginning. And as, as you guys said, it no amount of hearts. You know, I was sitting there thinking, well, he's done. He's causing himself a lot of damage right now you know, surely he's got a tap and he didn't tap. And then he, he got his shoulders out, managed to turn to his knees. And I thought for a second he might, you know, but um, the the positional maintenance to, to keep that face down position from Stasiak was really, really nice. So, you know, I think... Uh, positional Davey, maintenance. Love it. Yeah. Davy oh, Grant was great. doing a, a, was doing a good, a good job in that fight, you know, but he's just not a better grappler than Stasiak. And any time it would go near the ground, Stasiak would get the better of him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Davy Grant necessarily needed to sit in the close guard of Stasiak, you know, with two minutes left in the third round. Winning yeah. the striking exchange. Yeah, well, that's that's the Forcefully. point, you know. But, um, you know, the the speed of the... To, to be at the end, to be in the 13th minute of, of a 15-minute fight, which, you know, had a reasonable pace to it and a lot of up and up and down action, um, to, to snatch the submission and really snatch that leg position as fast as he did, uh, I thought was, was really, really nice work. And, uh, you know, he really earned that submission. Well, 
I thought that was a, a very apt way of looking at it, which brings us to, I think, maybe... Uh, Kev, I mean, in a night full of fair stuff of the night fun. also. Deservedly yes. so. This thing, I watched this about 19 times. This was one of the more effortless uh, elements of jiu-jitsu I've seen in some time. Now, why don't you talk me through uh, Yuri Alcantara's, um, well, master class in jiu-jitsu, I guess one could say. I can't, and I'm not worthy, and I won't. Okay, I'll try. Started with a fury <laughs> of pounding. Sort of, You can always tell guys that have some modern touch of jiu-jitsu. Alcantara is one of those guys. He kind of was already setting up like a niece. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Immediately shoots for what is a very deep and terrifying arm bar. Brad Pickett rotates exquisitely. They don't have shirts on. Muscles are bearing. There's some sweat. There's a lot of things that are coming into play here, people. It's hard to get a grip. Not for Alcantara. It's like, I'll switch positions. I'll rotate in. I'll threaten some other submissions on the way to swinging myself around into a spectacularly strong triangle that I believe does go through one more rotation. Coming back into an armbar and then back into a very strong triangle. Uh, Alcantara was in it for the win and did not seem, again, to be at all stressed about the position he was in. He's good to go. I really want to bring up a fact, though, is that first transition when he was just starting to, uh, you know, decide like he's going to jujitsu his face off. But it was that effortless just drop into S mount. It was just like, what is happening? In an MMA fight? What's he doing? Oh my god, that looks so nice. And then, like, immediately sitting there, and and granted, again, because maybe, I don't know, I want to say things that maybe aren't true, but maybe because I told Fox to get on their shit, (laughs) that maybe they had this clip up and ready to go seconds later. I don't want to say I did it, but you can't prove I didn't. I'm so glad that clip exists because if you have not seen it, go watch it immediately. I think it is Amazing. it is rightfully performance of the night. Uh, so I believe there there is much more to say. There was a brief moment of shit shade thrown at, uh, I believe, Brian Stan through just an ounce of shade about not mm-hmm. having it at an angle. And it was rightfully corrected. It was like, well, after like the third trip, sometimes you really sink it in. Like It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I mean, Stan uh, can that. throw all the shade he wants to, and I'm not sure what the extent of it. A little bit of shade. It was just But, 2%. I mean, he can throw all of the shade he wants to, but I never had a doubt in any of those transitions that was not going to end a submission. I knew we were going to be doing a chain, but I had all the confidence in the world it was going to end in said chain. So awesome. I don't know that anybody else felt any different. Um before we move on, I guess, to the result, Josh, did you have any other insight into any of the rest of the fights that you saw? Uh, any of the other fights. Um, give me a second. Let me just remind myself what happened. Um, oh, the the flipping... Uh, okay, so a, a couple with some English guys that... Yeah. You know, do you remember we... There was no... Neither of us thought that... Tumanov was going to lose that one to Leon Edwards. I know that no. in my picks, I gave it to Leon Edwards, so let's pretend that I did. But realistically, we both thought Tumanov was probably going to take that one and uh, did not see Edwards submitting him. I thought that was... Uh, he pulled that one out a little bit. Um, it was a surprise, yeah. 
yeah, good performance for him. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I said it could quite easily be fight of the night and, you know, but they wouldn't give it any credit because it was a fight past prelim. <laughs> but Mike Perry KOing Danny Roberts at like, you know, four and a half minutes into the third <laughs> round after an absolute war. Come on. That was a, that was a great fight. And, that was you know, an unbelievable people, fight. Yeah, yeah. People on fight pass got to watch it for free. I know, I know Mark Goddard was, um, you know, taking a bit of flack for the late stoppage, but, um, you know, he very openly came out and, and said, look, these, when this happens, it bothers me more than, than anyone else. And, um, you know, I, I very much, uh, very much know he's sincere when he says that so you know but can uh, we be honest about how hard it is to call a fight when someone's still on their feet like it's ridiculously hard really really consider the fact like you know that the minute the fighter hits the mat if they're with it or not they're going to look at the ref and be like how dare you stop that i was still in it and be like bro you slept on your way down to the mat you were out and they'd be like no no i didn't so it's not exactly the world's easiest area. Maybe he did take a hit or two on the ground once he was there that he probably shouldn't have taken. But that transition between being out on your feet and then like watching the fighter try to, you know, navigate a safe landing, let alone not die, I guess is uh, it's a tough call. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough job, and um, you know I I said on the the podcast last week I think Mark does it better than than pretty much anyone else in the world. So you know that aside, um, that was a cracking fight. It, it really was, and uh, you know I, I feel bad for Wait, for what? Danny that he oh, time out. It was a what? Fight? Oh no, a cracking fight. Mm-hmm. Was it crack a lacking or what was it? I mean, uh, cracking. Cracking is definitely. A British slang term. <laughs> have we use, got? Have we got? To, have we got to Google the official definition of that? Now? We might have to, but I just know that, like, you know, you get a party cracking. I don't know that you get a. That was a cracking fight. I don't think he's using it like cool. Mm-mm. Or did wait? Is it more like uh, they release the cracking? Is that is that where we're going? No. Uh, no, no, you're you're right. Like I suppose the you know your your uh, your equivalent getting the party cracking. There you go. That's pretty much the same. Thing. <laughs> this is so much fun. I want to take Josh and all the game shows that have <laughs> linguistic differences and really put them to work here. Well, gents, I think it's about that time that we reveal what happened. Um, are you both excited to find out who won? I am. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I lost, but I, I honestly can't remember. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you so certain that you lost, though, Josh? Because I just seem to remember looking at the results. The thing is, I didn't, I didn't catch this one live. Mm-hmm. Um, I just seem to remember like seeing the results roll in every time I check my phone and going, oh, I got that one wrong, got that one wrong, got that one wrong, got that one right. But Kev picked it as well. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, we I were just, both... uh... I, to be fair, thank God we don't do round by round. Because if they, if you were asking, I would have been like, Bisping round one, easy. D- don't bother me by asking me a second question about that fight. So, <laughs> Well, uh, Kev, you do you feel a little bit more confidence with him saying that? Uh, a little, but, you know, it's been a tough week for me in confidence because it just seems like half the country's like, science schmiance. It's my opinion that matters. Half's not fair. 
30%. That's not bad. I mean, here's what I'll tell you, though. About 30% is what the both of you were pulling on this one. So, Yeah, it wasn't a stellar <laughs> night for either. Neither of us were streaky hot. You say streaky hot, and that's still not a thing either. I'm trying to use, like, American. I know, Maybe but, we'll but here's the thing. We're direction. making fun of all of his, you know, colloquialisms. We don't need you to bring in the dumb ones on our side. Fine. I thought that was my thing on the podcast. I no, guess it isn't. It isn't. You have many other things. Uh, off timing. <laughs> awkward phrasing. Subpar hey, interview Kev- skills. There's the, a, <laughs> the list goes on, but yeah, let's let's remember the moment when I asked you to recap how a submission finished happened, and you were like, you know, it was like it was the seventies, and things were different back then. Also, they were, didn't have any shirts, so yeah. and the muscles. Uh, I mean, that's stuff too. Heavy bass music everywhere. Mm-hmm. You went. All right, gentlemen. Well, if I were to tell you this right now, Kevin, yeah, what would it mean if you lost right now? It'd be crushing. It just feels like another shot to the second pills, a third shot to the pills, or fourth, pending the forty-nine, forty-six. How you view it personally to the Americans? And Josh, how happy would you be to see Kevin get crushed? Uh, I'd feel like uh, I was redeeming the whole of Europe for their performance in the Ryder Cup recently. <laughs> Great. Hold on. I want to compliment him on his cross-sport reference on yeah. the MMA podcast. That was impressive. That's a good one. Golf's great. I'm in. Loved it. Well, the best. Uh, I have some bad news for one of you, and I'm ready to reveal. <laughs> Kev, here's the thing. Your yeah. performance was like god awful. Like this may be one of your worst. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> I'm not sure you do, Josh, because Josh, yours wasn't much better. Okay. To the point where you did not redeem your country, <laughs> sir. For the writer, Kevin. Cup congratulations. Pledging you it have won again. Yeah. I've already started working on my remarks. No spoilers, uh, but his pledge is en route. Look at it. Whipped up. Bring it. So, Kev, what is it that you have won from this bet? Freedom. Again, I think what you're seeing more than anything, that that Mm -hmm. same burning light that we've always seen on the other side of the hill and thought Mm -hmm. we can do better. I'm adding... To that shining star legacy, because progress is a movement of people, ideas, victories on podcasts. It's about the little things or the big things. I see it as all the things. UFC 204 is the first step in many steps of greatness for America, for me, of course. But more specifically for anyone competing against Josh Palmer. Am I, am I done now? Uh, you're, that was perfect. I was just going to okay. say, and I'm standing while Rap sings the national anthem. I'm actually sitting, if we're just going to throw honesty street. Because I'm, kind of, I'm okay with the protest, but that's not what this is. Now you can stop. I've, I've brandished into protests. Play ball! 
That was we did beautiful. It. it is the that was great. baseball playoffs. <clears throat> okay. Too. Palmer, uh, you're Josh. a gentleman and a scholar for taking your beating like a savage. Uh, that's just, that's no problem. I'll I'll go, you know, sit in my pit of despair right now. <laughs> so no, but seriously, Josh, what do you have to do now that you've lost? Get ready for Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no um what do i have to do for the bet or what do i have to do just emotionally <laughs> what do how I have, do you recover what that's what, the, what we're asking what what's the therapy oh i don't know go go drink a cup of tea and uh sit and think about it for five minutes and then get on with the rest of my life oh whatever this is gonna haunt you that's the best part these losses they haunt you forever it'll, it'll, it'll haunt me when i actually have to read whatever it is you write Oh, oh yes, yes, Kevin. So wait, what is the bet? What, I'm I, writing I a pledge, and he has to say it into the camera. It's a, it's a pledge. It, it, the the bet the bet was the winner gets to write a pledge of allegiance uh, for for the loser. He's, it sounds better when he says it. Even That's spectacular. Now, Kevin, didn't we add an asterisk to this? No, we did not. I believe we did. <laughs> you have to. He had to ask a specific. You had to ask Gary about the video he owes me. There was a follow-up mm-hmm. interview. No, no, it was, it was, um, it, it was possibly if you could find a sensible phrase that I had to somehow incorporate into the broadcast for it's Polaris. Back. But, there it is, aluminum but I siding. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I did say I will have to, uh, in the interest of professionalism, defer that one. Yeah, yeah. We you did say you in the, the interest of. You know your your job and you know whatever professionalism. And by the way, if you're trying to use professionalism as an excuse, you've come on the wrong podcast, buddy. And second of all, you're the wrong person to say, "Hey, everybody, sorry, I'm professional now." What if I were to tell you this? What if I came up with the right phrase that I think you could totally insert? I mean, it's it's we will. Reveal oh, it's after com- it's Polaris completely Pro. Completely depend on what it is. I no, Kev. I'm 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 okay with revealing it here. Oh, go for it. I'm I'm all ears. Okay. Here's the thing. At least three times on the telecast, you need to say, "Have a grapple." <laughs> now. Ooh, that's that's actually mentally, hard. Mentally, this is going to be tough because would you have organically <laughs> said it at least four to six times? Now you won't know. Now it's right. circling I mean, the head. So, so here's I, what I'm telling you. I can I can honestly tell you that in the seventy whatever events that I have done, I have never said that phrase once on camera. But think about it. You know, everybody's got their differences. Let's get it ready. Rumble. It's time. Yours could so, be. Oh God! Let's now, have a now, grapple. See now, now I'm honestly thinking: Can I work it into the opening bit to camera? <laughs> <laughs> you may have just gotten your calling card. I was going to say, if it becomes your catchphrase, uh, <laughs> we all need to consider a group tattoo. Oh. Start there. I'm not going to. The judges are ready. The fighters are ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to have a grapple. Oh! Damn it! I even like it. <laughs> Fuck! Good. I actually really. <laughs> It's, it's got some the lights are shining and again that's polaris amature no it's polaris because <laughs> here's the thing though polaris you pro. know 
don't Polaris? lock it till it's real because again, Polaris we're Legends? also going to say that we have a uh, owning stake in have a grapple because the you mock it, the merchandise. But fucking Bruce Buffer gets paid per its time. That's as does his brother Michael Buffer with Let's Get Ready to Rumble, which I believe at a certain point he used to make a million dollars per time he expressed said catchphrase. Oh, dude, so, I'll tell you yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a story about the the it's time thing off um off air, but I I know full well there's a a fairly decent payout for a a, a smaller MC who nobody would have heard of who had a very similar phrase and thought to actually get it copyrighted first. Mm. And uh yeah, I you know so yes, they absolutely get paid for uh, that that uh, that phrase, and uh, copywriting its use within the realm of MMA is a very smart thing to do. Um. Well, that's amazing. I know. And uh, no better way to ever preview something on a podcast by saying you guys won't hear it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's Sorry. Quick disappointment. I'll be free zone. to tell you, uh, <laughs> you two hosts off air because no better radio than um you know secrets and but don't worry kids when wikileaks releases all of our shit you're one gonna, day you'll hear it as well you're never gonna find this good luck <laughs> if you do please tag us always, and stop turning on my like, webcam you creepers i was about to say i was like wikileaks knows that they never have shit on us because kevin's too dumb to actually send it as is yeah, like it's like you could just ask for it in mp3 and i'd be like oh here you go here's last week <laughs> well okay so polaris is coming up in what two weeks three weeks where are we right now uh it was three weeks three weeks just gone so yeah okay. two two weeks on saturday october 29th uh <laughs> you know i know we're about to get you out of here but before we do sell the people why do they need to buy the polaris for i'm gonna give you 30 seconds to sell the card go Oh, Polaris 4, it's uh, going to be another amazing night of, uh, I would say, submission-only grappling, but of course they can win by decision as well now. Um, look, seven fantastic main card fights, free undercard as well. Uh, Shaolin versus Terra top of the card, and a whole host of other uh, amazing fights. Obviously, Gary Tonin returning as well. Look, it's full of action. There's always a bit of controversy. Uh, the production runs really well to time. Great production value. Features me, of course. Um, so, you know, yeah, tune in and, and help support the sport and the growth of professional jiu-jitsu so that we can keep paying these fighters and keep getting some, some matches that we all want to see. Well done. Kev, would you order it after hearing that? Absolutely. And more importantly, I'd order it after hearing the sweet sounds of Josh Palmer's last broadcast. Mm-hmm. The grappling's obviously going to be great. What sets it aside is the production and the organization. I'm excited. I'm ready. you pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, let's get you to brand out your shit. What's your clothing? Where can people find you on the internet? They Tell the people. Trick question, rap. Fair. That's it. I don't exist. Uh, no, follow me on uh, social media at Josh Palmer MMA. Uh, if you like lots of yummy food or jujitsu, that's pretty much all I post. Uh, and if you want to check out uh, my clothing line, it's valorfightwearusa.com. Uh, Valor FW on uh, Twitter and Instagram, um, but yeah, got a got a nice selection of uh, of geese for for people to check out. And always, you know, a big part of my mission is I don't like how expensive jujitsu has become for a lot of people. When you factor in the cost of training, the cost of tournaments, so I'm always trying to produce the best geese I can whilst keeping them, um, you know, affordable for people. So 
you know, you won't see me doing any ridiculous releases that are $220 for a gi that was made in Pakistan for 50 So, you know, um, yeah, that's it. Just uh, pretty you know, keep, yeah, keep supporting yeah. the sport and uh, yeah, keep watching jujitsu and keep listening to Raf and Kevin because you know Aww, the, podcast, hey, hey, the podcast is awesome. Oh, I was gonna make fun of him, and then he complimented us, and I was like, "Nah." See, I was misty-eyed over the Valor Victory 2.0 Premium Lightweight PJJ Gi White. I was mm. just doing it quick. I was enjoying delicious. where the Valor was written. I like the style. Good, great. <laughs> Got a great gay, uh, Greggy. There it is. <laughs> Actually, that I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily do it before the end of the year, but that gee is gonna be available in ten different colors in the UK <gasps> by the end of the year. What? What yeah, are the other six? Everybody. Well, uh, let me see. It's uh, it's uh, what white, blue, black, navy, gray, orange, red, yellow, purple, and green. I want to say. What? <laughs> when did you yeah. get to the orange conversation? Because I can go a lot of extreme colors, but as a brown, aka a Mexican, for you know those over the pond, um, there's something about being in a large orange thing that doesn't really sit well with me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. No, look, it's. <laughs> Uh, it's just it, it, one of the things we we try and do is take things that have usually been reserved for companies that want to charge a ridiculous amount of money and make it affordable for people who want it. And you know, not that many people sell uh, outrageously colored geese at an affordable price point. Um, so that was the goal with that. Um, but more appropriately, in the US, uh, we're going to have an inverted line coming out in five or six weeks. Um, that's going to be really affordable. Previously, inverted color geese, you know, with contrasting lapels and stuff, have been around the hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy dollar mark, and uh, you know these are going to be down around the hundred and ten mark. So, really, just trying to keep um, good quality, affordable products that are are interesting for people, um, you know, and making them accessible for everybody. Um, that's that's really the the goal of the company. That's fantastic. That sounds great. Keep an eye on that, you guys, because. I mean, uh, we're obviously fans of Josh, but if Josh is trying to get you some good savings on some geese that you can wear in different colors, say you want to do a tribute to Prince, but you didn't have a geese that could do that. Wait for the purple. (laughs) There's tons of ways you can do this. So uh, I'm just saying, you know, Josh, you're you're one of the nicer guys that we get to talk to because uh, you not only put up with our shit, but you laugh uh, profusely about it and... uh, you you are greatly insightful, and I think that you you really do do uh, the service of being the best broadcaster so far in jiu-jitsu. So uh, a wow. credit to you. Uh, it's not a big competition because your competition's me. So yeah. <laughs> I look. I'm I'm remember. I I know I need to stay here on the east coast. That's fine. That's right. I will get you the map to show you where you can stay. Uh, Kev, before we get him out, do you have any parting words for our good friend? Can't wait. To hear the pledge, good sir. Now you send it over, and I'll uh, I'll get it done. Yay, ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Josh Palmer. Have a good evening, guys. Josh Palmer, what a treat! 
Especially since I won. I needed that one. All the gravitas going on. Did win it. And, and again, I know you like to say the phrase streaky good, which is not a phrase. It is a phrase. Could be. It is not. No, it could be. It's very different from is a phrase. But you might be streaky good right now. Streaky is this like three in a row? No. I uh, lost to McFight, McDojo, but otherwise. Oh. Yeah. Eh. I know. I'm trying. I'm certainly, I, let's go, 2016, while has been a tough year personally in terms of injury and sickness, <laughs> is turning out to be not so bad for over-under Kevin. So maybe maybe that's the win. I mean, I I need to go back and fact check, but we'll see. Everyone listening is like, not going to do that. No one's doing that. I could already, <laughs> these two are in the now. <laughs> Saw the new Ghostbusters movie. Loved it, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, there's some very funny scenes very early on. Well, you're going to lose a, a number of the demo that tunes into us, Kev. Won't people like it? It was a little long. Could have been 20 minutes shorter. Uh, uh, fair. You know, if we're talking about uh, things, I saw X-Men How Apocalypse. Was it? Also, it you was know, four hours long. I love every X-Men movie except the ones that aren't good. Okay. This and one? directed by terrible people. But this one? It's terrible, right? Like, it's a god-awful movie. But I watched it at home, changed everything. Literally looked at it and goes, eh, eh, it's not the worst. Okay. It's bad, but all right, cool. And my wife was looking at me. She goes, I'm trying to get Ghostbusters, too. And I was like, babe, no, 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 no. One at a time. One at a time. <laughs> One at a time for the movies that people say are god-awful that I'm sure are just fine. But put them together. What if we, like, mid-watching it go, Man, you know, now that I've been mid into X Men, Ghostbusters was those they were bitches. They, I realized they're terrible at comedy. Oh, I hate them. There's real comedy in it. There's real good sketch sure. comedy. Uh Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon both just really good complimentary roles. And when is when is Wig bad? Like when's Kristen Wig bad? Yeah. Molly McCarthy's made some bad movies. Uh I'll cop to that. <laughs> there's there's been a few in there, but she's good in this. Kevin She's is one funny. of the few people who have ever hijacked the show to talk about his hatred of the movie Identity Thief. Oh, man. That movie was tough to watch. <laughs> Fucking guy from Arrested Development. I'm not using his name on purpose. Okay. I'm sure they're all like, yeah, we we stroll right past that on the IMDb page. Everybody got paid. <laughs> That's the important thing. I'm sure it was funny. <laughs> To some people, if you made it past the hour 40 mark where they were still <laughs> trying to suss out the plot, but I did not. Well, I think this concludes our movie beat. That was great. We should do that way more often. <laughs> 100%. We'll just compare notes on the movies and the media that we consume. But, you know, you guys, we, we look out for you. And let's talk about Josh Palmer, though. Is he not the most adorable? Sweet. Is he not like the James Corden of BJJ? Absolutely. Though I could use some more singing now that you mentioned Corden. It's like, oh, he brings a certain musical element to the table that I really Yeah, for real. I thought all the imports are supposed to sing. Where is Where are the imports? It's a great. You're supposed to. That's the whole thing. That is how. Cars get a way better spin than people. Immigrants is such a G guttural. Imports. Yeah, it's all imports, dude. And you know what? The best part about him is too. Let's get him in a car. Let's get him singing with people and shit. Oh, verbal tab karaoke. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same, but we do it on a jujitsu mat. 
100%. And they, you have to do it on a map. You know, um, I guess this will still bring us to shout outs because I've got a good way to start. Um, <laughs> today at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, I'm training over there. And uh, our good friend Joey House, uh, he shares an appreciation for one Michael Jackson like I do. And so today he's like, all right, well, I'm going to do music. What should I play? And I don't, I don't usually chime in because if I'm a guest at somebody's place, I don't try and hijack with my musical taste, which is great, by the way. Nobody better. A lot of people are saying my musical taste is definitely the best. I hear it a lot. A lot of people are saying it. Again, not to question Raph's judgment. but that's I'm just saying, just not I'm just true. saying I, my musical taste has been endorsed by 49 generals. 648 admirals. That's that right. One below admirals. There's a lot of them. General um, <laughs> General Patton has said in Our the king. past. I don't want to talk that he about is it. great. Uh, the king of Dubai. That guy. He's a great friend of mine. Um, also, Katy Perry. Huge. Okay, huge. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I try not to hijack it, but. Uh, all of a sudden you see he looks at me and he goes, all right, I think I'm going to play some Michael Jackson. Now, I don't know that I've really ever rolled while Michael Jackson was playing. Maybe a song is played, I guess, on a playlist or something. But if it's an entire playlist of Michael Jackson, and I'm not good at jiu-jitsu, so let's start there. But Kev, when Michael Jackson's playing, I'm not bad. That would be hilarious, and I do not think we should turn that on while you're there, really. <laughs> Oh, I, I 100% will make that happen now. I will I will overwrite the rules because there was definitely a moment where I was singing along with it. Um, he was playing the Dangerous album. So uh, there's definitely a moment when I was singing along to, I think it's uh, Dangerous, which, by the way, is a weird song to sing while grappling. Uh, but Billie Jean came on and I was like, oh, I'm in my element. I'm going to get all these submissions. And I was. And it was a little embarrassing, I have to say, that I was that good with Michael Jackson. So, thanks, Joey. And you know what was weird? Because I think Joey actually could tell, too. He like looked at me and he's like, how did you pass my guard? And I was like, Mike. It's all Mike, dude. Once we get the thriller, it's over. I'm going to land this, so don't worry. Anyway. Uh, my thanks to the guys at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, including our good friends uh, Nico and Drew. Had some great training over there. Also, superb night the other night at Valley Martial Arts Center. Hassan taught a great class, and afterwards, uh, myself and Casey and Michael were uh, just uh, shooting the shit, having a beer. And as we're sitting there talking about it, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever got to this point where your training partners, Kev, but uh, my buddy Casey makes this moment where he's like, yo, listen, I don't want to, guys, I'm just going to say it, and I hope you don't think it's coming out as bad as it does, but I'm just going to say, who the hell, when I'm on top, who's got a better top game than me? I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there, which prompts me to start cry laughing. <laughs> because who says anything like that? So I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, you, you, you can take top all you want. For the whole month, you got it, buddy. I don't even care. So uh, I just I thought that was one of the more entertaining discussions we've had. So to Casey, Mike, Hassan, thank you guys for a great class. Those guys are great training partners. Really pushed the hell out of you when you were training with them. Um, let's shout out uh, Cole Franson, who fucking crushed it. He uh, made it all the way to the finals, Kev, of the Canadian Kumite 
And uh, if I can reveal one thing to you guys, and I don't know if it's it's for sure, but do you want to know that I've seen a highlight reel from uh, Cole Franson that's about to potentially hit the airwaves, Kev? Yeah. Do you want to know what it's about? What? So not a lot of people, they have highlight reels where they show how good the jiu-jitsu is or really impressive moments. Uh, Cole put one together. And it happened to be the inference that when he called himself in an interview that we did together, the Michael Sarah of BJJ. <laughs> and I don't want to give it away, people, but I, I will. He cut the scene from Superbad, where Michael Sarah is doing These Eyes, the song, and singing them. And he cut a highlight clip of his jujitsu to that. And Kev, I don't think I've laughed harder at a highlight clip ever in my life. <laughs> it's immaculate. So to Cole, we want to send our congratulations. Great performance by him, but not a big surprise. And if you guys are looking for some private lessons, hit him up. He is that good. And you want to get in now before those rates start to go up. And let's send him to ADCC Trials. Uh, we also want to send shout-outs to Submission Series Pro. If you guys haven't seen it, I believe it's on sale for $5.99 right now. You can look that up. Um, Submission Series Pro. Uh, great performances all around. We want to encourage those guys. and uh, We want to encourage you guys to watch it. And let's also shout-out my good friends, Brandon McCatherine and Casey Halstead, who gave me one of my favorite interviews I've done in some time. I traveled down to 10th Planet Buena Park over the week, last week, had the chance to catch up with Brandon and had the honor of being able to interview both of them uh, as filmed by the very talented and young Derek Rayfield. And uh, just, I mean, Kev, it's one of my favorite interviews I've done in a while. Just two of the most beloved people in jiu-jitsu. It's a ton of fun. I really like yeah. that interview. Thank you. And they're so, great. You happen to be okay in it. Not, not I happen great. to be a facilitator. You're sitting of there, and it's fine. If we're just talking about that. I mean, I'm quite exceptional at what I do. <laughs> and I think that'll do it for me there. I'd love to start my shout-out. It's going to be to my uh, care team. Well, let's start at the people over at AFC Urgent Care Denver East. This is where I will take friends and family. These guys are great. <laughs> I need to go back for the flu shot. Uh, fantastic staff. Big thanks to Emily, the nurse, who helped me. Um, I forgot the doctor's name, but Emily was great. So, fantastic. Got my antibiotics. Feeling better, ref. Starting to come back around. Let's head over to Rock Creek Spine. Helping me get over that car accident from a few weeks ago. The cluster headaches have stopped, and I'm feeling much better. Spine feel lock and step. A few weeks of treatment. Hey. Everybody's feeling good. Get assessed. You know, I take my spinal health very seriously. And got into a lovely political discussion with a um, more senior gentleman named William. <laughs> hey. uh, you know, he's watching the West Wing. So we were just having some fun lamenting on science and reasoning and facts. We had fun. Mm. So that's uh, going to do it for me, Raph. That's going to do it for us here tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And good fight. Good care team. You're a disaster. <laughs>